0: Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. Well, hey there, good morning. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jacob, and in case you haven't noticed, today's service looks just a little bit different, as you can see behind me. And if you're just joining in, let me fill you in what's going on today. The people of our church today are packing meals with our our partners, Lifeline Mission, for the displaced people of Ukraine. Every meal packed here will go towards those people, and they are in Poland right now. So these meals will be packed here today, shipped to Poland for those people of Ukraine. And we just love to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So today's service is going to look just a little bit different. We are going to give you several insights today as to what is going on. We're going to have some behind the scenes coverage of what's going on today in the meal pack. Plus some interviews with our partners, Lifeline Mission, as well as some interviews with people from our church who is going on a mission trip to Mexico here in just a couple of days. So you're going to get to hear some interviews of what's going to be happening there as well. And make sure you stay tuned today because we have a special treat today. For those of you watching, you have a chance to enter for a $10 gift card to Kairos Coffee. Just our way of saying thank you for supporting what's going on here today, and you can have that chance to win here's what you have to do we're gonna we're gonna give you instructions throughout the day all you have to do is comment whether you're watching on our app Facebook YouTube wherever you're watching this from comment who you are where you're watching from and just let us know that you're praying for what is going on here today then at the end of our service today stay tuned because we are going to pick a winner to receive a $10 gift card to Kairos Coffee and I have with me now is so He's someone who's not really a, uh, a stranger to WCC. He has uh, been gone for about, what, 12 years?
1: Yeah, it's been about 12 been years. been about
0: 12 years, yeah. but he has served on staff here at the Church of Christ for 29 years, over 29 years, most of that as the senior minister until him and his wife Christy felt a call to move towards Lifeline. And now he is serving as the vice president of mobilization experiences. Did I get that right? And so since the last time we had a food pack here,
1: your role has actually changed um, a little bit. Keith, can you give us some insight into what your role is for Lifeline? Sure. Yeah, Jacob. And first of all, thanks for having us today. Thanks for doing this meal pack today. This is awesome. We really, really appreciate it. And yeah, over the last few months, my role with Lifeline has been shifting. Uh, Ever since I had joined Lifeline, I was overseeing everything to do with our mission trips. And uh, now um, in my new role with Lifeline, uh, I am still involved with trips, sort of indirectly, in that I oversee the person that's now filling my role, but also it has expanded my role to provide some oversight, not only into our trips, but into the meal packs, like what we're doing here today. Uh, also with ministries that we do with container outfitting, where we refit and outfit uh, shipping containers to be used as classrooms, school, school rooms, churches, whatever, on, on all of our mission fields. Uh, also, I provide oversight for our Together ministry, which is uh, sort of like a sponsorship program to, pers- uh, to say, uh, kind of, I guess it's that. Uh, with, but it's not with individual children, but it's with a, an entire school. And people can partner together to be a part of that and over- in, uh, providing ministry for that. So that's kind of the big areas that now I'm, I'm overseeing with Lifeline and uh, really enjoy my role and uh, just really uh, getting into it, still learning a lot of things about it, but uh, really enjoy it. And for those that know Christy, she is continuing in her role that she's always had with mission trips with Lifeline. So uh, we are continuing our ministry with that and we're having a great time doing it.
0: That's awesome. Now, earlier this year, the world has been shaken by what has been going on in Ukraine. And that's a big reason why people are here today. We don't want to just say prayers and hope for the best. We want to be a part of the solution and help give aid in every way we can. What are some ways that Lifeline has helped in that aspect?
1: Probably, I think, Jacob, the biggest thing is like what we're doing here today, and that is helping to supply food for people in Ukraine. Now, we are not able to get it into the country, but we do have mission partners that we are working with and working through in Poland and some other countries around Ukraine, and as people are coming out of the Ukraine, Uh, We are getting food shipped in there, and those mission partners are helping us then to get that food distributed on the ground uh, to where people need it the most. So that has been a a big part of what Lifeline uh, has been able to do. Um, Obviously, we can't send people into the country right now because of the war and so forth, but we can minister to those that are coming out and have a need, and and the food insecurity is is a a pretty big thing right now. And so uh, we, we are really grateful for churches like Wilmington and others who are helping us to get this food out to where it's needed the most.
0: Yeah, well, and thanks to Lifeline for creating opportunities like this. And we like to be a part of stuff like this. I am a big believer in meal packs. Like I've said, You know, I've, we both have been on the field together and have hand-delivered mm-hmm. these meals. And so it makes a big impact in people's lives. And another reason I'm so excited about what Lifeline is doing is through the new Lifeline Food Pack Center's Keith, can you give us some insight as to why these centers are now taking place, and give some insight into what these centers are about.
1: Sure, be happy to do that. And actually, uh, the centers that you're referring to um, are our... Actually, we refer to them as ministry centers because uh, while one of the things that we do are meal packs in those centers, we are also hoping to broaden our our ministries in those areas and provide other mission opportunities and ministry opportunities for people to be involved with. But right now, um, the ministry centers, a lot of the primary focus is on meal packs. And the way that's all set up, is that people can bring a small group in, and uh, they can pack food. I think there's pictures that are being played right now. You can kind of see some of the things that are going on there. And uh, so people come in, in these small groups, they're able to pack food, and it's, it's an amazing thing because as we've developed these ministry centers across various parts of the country, it has given us a physical presence in some different parts of the country. And it also has enabled us then, you know, part of my role is getting people mobilized. So the goal of the ministry center is to get people mobilized and being involved in ministry and packing these meals. And so uh, we have ministry centers, actually we have one in Columbus, Ohio, so not too far from Wilmington. So if there's small groups, whatever, youth groups or whatever that wanna come up to the center and pack meals, they can do that. But we have now centers, as I mentioned, located in Columbus, Ohio. We also have two in Kentucky, one in Louisville, one in Lexington. Uh, We have one in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, We have one out in the Denver, Colorado area. And as we are speaking here today, we have one that is being under construction right now in the Indianapolis, Indiana area on the, e- on the west side out near the airport. And so we are really excited about getting that center open because uh, actually we're gonna be shifting a lot of our central shipping to Indianapolis from Columbus because we have more space, it's more regionally located for us, and so uh, we really look for the Indianapolis Center uh, to really be doing some big things uh, as that opens up. So we're really excited about those. And I would encourage and invite people from Wilmington to come up to the Columbus Center in Westerville, the suburb of Columbus, and uh, just be a part of that and see what God's doing there and to be a part of that. We'd love to have them come and love them to have them pack. Of course, living in the Indianapolis area, if anybody's looking for a road trip, <laughs> love to see you in Indianapolis as well.
0: Yes, and that's just another way Lifeline is creating opportunities for people to be the hands and feet mm-hmm. of Christ. So I'm so excited for those centers. I'll have to come and check them out. Oh, absolutely. Heath, before, before, we, uh, before we leave here today, what is a specific way that people can pray for Lifeline?
1: A um, couple of things to, to pray about with Lifeline. One is just to pray for our ministry in general, uh, in all of the locations and all the different parts of the world where we are located. As, as you're aware, with COVID and so forth, it's had a huge impact the last couple of years. But we are grateful that things are opening up. We are grateful that a few trips are now happening, and but the biggest thing we are grateful and excited about is our field leadership in each place. They have just stepped up and providing the leadership and direction, so please pray for them. Uh, that God would just continue to work through them and that the ministry and so forth that Lifeline does in so many different places uh, can go on. And I think also pray for meal pack opportunities like what is happening right behind us here today. Um, not only with uh, food going to Ukraine, but food, food going to Haiti. Even though we cannot go to Haiti, we can get food to Haiti. And so that just pray that those doors uh, will continue to stay open and that God will provide uh, all the resources and the people to be able to share and to minister.
0: Now, we are going to move on to something I'm pretty excited about because we are leaving here in just a few days for Rocky Point, Mexico on a mission trip to build a house. I have with me our student minister, Tony Brockmeyer. Tony, we, this is the third trip our church has taken with one mission. That's the organization we're going with and uh, can you give us some insight as to what led you, I think the first trip was in 2016, am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. What led you to to discover One Mission and the work they do?
2: So we take our students to uh, MOVE Summer Conference and then uh, junior high, I believe, and probably 10 or 12 years ago, we were introduced to One Mission through those programs. Uh, They do a fundraising thing where students can donate their birthday. And we actually had two of our students that uh, donated the birthday. So we learned about one mission, kind of got involved. And then we said, hey, how about we raise the money that we need to build a house? So that was our first thing in 20, I think 2014, 2015. We raised enough money to build a house. And then we're like, hey, we should go. And so 2016, we took our first trip, went back at 18, 2020 didn't happen. And we're excited to go here in just a couple of days. Awesome. Awesome. So
0: for a lot of people watching they're unfamiliar with what one mission is can you give us some insight as to what one mission does and what our week will look like cuz we're spending about 5 days there that's including travel can you give us some insight as to what one mission does and what will be taking place there for us
2: sure yeah one mission there focuses on community building so all the families that earn a home they have to serve in their community and It used to be 200 hours, and I think they bumped it up to 400. But what they do is they really encourage the families, the way they earn a home is serving in their community. So one couple that we helped in 2016, husband and wife, uh, they learned how to take people's blood pressure. And so they're able to go into their neighborhood and take people's blood pressure, and so that helped prevent um, other medical issues. So they do that, and through that they earn a home, and then they're a part of the build process. So when we go... We actually work with the family. We work side-by-side side with them, kind of get to know them uh, if we can work through the language barrier. Um, but it's really neat that we just kind of come alongside the family, come alongside One Mission. And the neat thing about One Mission is that they are in the community. They're developing relationships. Listened to a really great podcast the other day about <laughs> One Mission. Uh, but it's really cool that out of that, they create community, even started a church. Um, so it's just really neat that they, their whole focus is not on building a house, it's developing community. And building the house is just a part of that. And so we, that's what we're going to do. we get to help with that. Yeah, and I
0: love that we get to communicate and be with the family. It's not that we're building the house, which is so great to build a house for someone that we've never met. We actually get to meet the family. It looks like you have with you today. Can you tell us who the family is yeah, we're supporting? Yeah, so
2: one thing that's really cool that One Mission does is that you get some information about the family. So our family, I know you probably can't see this online, but it's the Suarez Rodriguez family. Uh, it's a single mom. With uh, her five kids, uh, oldest is 21 down to 12. So she's got the 21-year-old works as a security guard. Uh, the Other ones are in high school and junior high. And so we'll uh, work with them. It's really neat. We kind of get some information on the family, what they're doing. Um, it's kind of humbling because on the bio, um, it says their weekly income. So it's $100 a week wow. that this family makes. And so it kind of gives some context to where they're at, but they worked hard serving in their community. And like once, once we've gone and we see like where people have lived and then the house that they get, it's not an elaborate house. It's not huge, uh, but it's safe. It's secure. Um, And so, yeah, so we get to, we get to serve alongside with them and, and just be a part of that process. And I love that one mission is all about community. Like you said, I love that we get to
0: be adopted into that community because we're not just going to build a house. We're going to make Lifelong friends and family that that we're discovering. As a leader going back for the third time, we potentially was going back a fourth time in 2020. (laughs) That didn't happen. But as a leader, the third time going back, thinking back over the past years, what is some of the ways you have seen our teens and adults who have gone, gone, what's some ways that you have seen them change or grow through
2: that? Yeah. Well, one of the cool, since you mentioned adults and teens, we've had the opportunity, especially this year, we're going to have parents – with their kids going on a trip. And so we'll have some dads serving with their kids, which I think is, is really, really cool. Absolutely. But reflecting on the past trips, um, especially thinking about our high school students, um, you know, they're in high school, and then we see how the mission trip has changed their perspective, has motivated them to, to serve again. We had one of our previous trip goers, she was <laughs> she was scared to fly. She hated dogs, and there were, like, several dogs that would come <laughs> on. So she overcame that fear, um, and it was a big deal for her to go. And then once she went to college, she got involved in campus ministry, and she served, I think, at least a month at another mission in Mexico. So it was just neat that it, it kind of really opened her eyes to how she could serve, and, um, and it's just neat to see how, especially our high school students, because we were able to kind of follow them a little bit, they get involved in campus ministry, they continue serving and kind of feel like One Mission and that mission trip is a great entry point. And of course, for all of us that go, it, it changes our perspective. You know, you just see that wow, you know, you see pictures online, but when you actually go somewhere and, and you see um, how people live and, and how organizations like One Mission can come in and, and, and come alongside them, it's really cool. So it's just, it's neat to see not only the the trip itself and how that changes our perspective but then to see some of our students that that propels them on to to serve more and to look for opportunities to serve so i love that amen and i i love hearing the different stories about how
0: people are affected because we all experience the same thing there but everyone experiences it in a different way yeah and Mm so we're going to hear another story coming up from someone who has been three times and uh, his perspective of that Um, but tony before you leave Our team leaves this Tuesday at 5 a.m., which not too many people are looking forward to leaving that that early. But uh, what are some ways that people can be in prayer for our team that is going to Mexico?
2: Well, of course, pray for safety, um, just driving to the airport, flying, just all that kind of stuff. Um, And I think uh, praying specifically for the family that we're working with, um, because I'm excited about us going, but also realize that we're just a small, small little part, you know, all that's taking place. So praying specifically for this family uh, for the community that's being developed, and then how One Mission continues to impact the people in Mexico. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And a couple minutes ago, Tony uh, mentioned the podcast. We at the church have a podcast called Mission Talk, where we talk with mission organizations from across the street to around the world. And um, on an episode we released this past Friday, we, I had the chance to sit down with the vice president Uh, partnerships for One Mission, Nate Hughes, and got to talk with him and get a little behind the scenes to how One Mission was founded and what their purpose is. And we have a part of that interview right here for you to see. Check out this video. So One Mission, they have been around for quite some time. Can you tell us just a little bit about the work that One Mission does and uh, and just how it all started for them?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So one mission I'll, I'll 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 share the the mission statement and then kind of unpack it a little bit yeah. so that to kind of key in on the things that that need definition so we're a community development organization that gives people in poverty the opportunity to earn a house by serving their community and so us essentially what we're doing is we're using housing so we're working in impoverished communities around uh, Latin America so Uh, Just to give you visuals, imagine, you know, homes that are on dirt floors made of junk wood, cardboard, tarps for roofs, blankets for doorways, um, very rudimentary housing. Housing that doesn't withstand the elements. Um, It basically is a simple shelter. So if you have that in your mind, that's like the type of community we're working in. Um, And then we use housing. And so housing for us are it, it it's always contextualized so depending on what community we're in we're building a different style of house but generally speaking the homes are about 400 square feet um so pretty small but uh these are big compared to what a lot of them are living in they have concrete floors solid roofs that don't leak doors and windows that lock um, our houses that we're doing in Mexico are really highly insulated, so they protect from the heat in the summer, they protect from the cool in uh, the winter, um, so really, really amazing houses uh, for, for compared to what they have been living in for, for, uh, specifically. And so we're using that house as a catalyst for what our primary objective is, and that is poverty alleviation in these communities through community development and so what what we do is we use that as leverage or as a catalyst the house and families have to serve a minimum of 400 hours or around usually around 400 hours and then at the end of their time of service they receive a house so we're trying to accomplish our primary objectives community development and poverty alleviation through the motivating factor of this house at the back end, but really what we're wanting to see and the house accomplishes this as well, but really what we're trying to see is poverty alleviated for communities coming together, working together to be changing, to be change agents, um, and, and make their community better. So, uh, all of, our, all of our initiatives are locally led. So we're not sitting up here in our office in Phoenix dreaming up of ways for a community 500 miles away to how they can change themselves. The locals in the community get together and they say, diabetes is a big issue. We need to canvas the community in partnership with the city and find out who has diabetes and then offer health solutions for them. Or I love to garden maybe we could start a community garden and I could teach everyone else how to garden and then they can go and plant a garden in their house. And now they're getting food for really low cost and some labor. And if they have diabetes, it's also helping lower their risk of diabetes, right? Um, We have sewing programs. We have uh carpentry programs we have a partnership with the uh, the city one of the cities we work with where they're sending teachers into the community and you can earn the equivalent of your ged over a nine-month program but at the same time you're earning a house so all of this has like exponential effect right on the community
0: and we're back and we have been talking About one mission. But before we dive into our next interview, I want to remind you that you have a chance to win a $10 gift card to Kairos Coffee. All you have to do, again, this is just our way of saying thank you for supporting and praying for what is going on here today for this meal pack, and for praying for our team going to Mexico. We want to say thank you. Someone is going to win a $10 gift card to Kairos. All you have to do, wherever you're watching, whether it's on our app, Facebook, or YouTube, you just have to comment your name and where you're watching from and let us know that you're praying. And then at the end of the service here today, we will pick out a winner to receive a $10 gift card to Kairos Coffee. But now we're going to get into an interview. This is Mackenzie Sweetman joining with me. She is a college student at Indiana Wesleyan University, or as she would say, IWU. (laughs) Mackenzie, what's your major there? Photography. Photography. So this is what I love. And you might remember uh, Tony's interview. We talked about people using their talents for God through these trips. I love that on our last meeting, Mackenzie asked if she could take her camera on this mission trip to Mexico to capture things. And that's what I love is when God pulls together 20-some people with different talents, different gifts, and they get to use those to serve Christ. And so we're excited. This is your first international missions trip, correct? Yes. And so we are so excited. We both signed up to go on the 2020 mission trip. And, of course, we were set to go leave at the end of March of 2020, and, of course, Covid nineteen hit, and that just threw everything off. Mackenzie, can you tell us what led you to join that original trip in 2020, and how it felt when we knew it wasn't going to happen?
4: So originally, I felt like I was being pushed, like by the Holy Spirit. I felt really led um, to do this. I had been praying about it for a while, and um, it's been something that I've thought about for my future and that like I want to raise awareness for um, and just serve. And so when it was canceled, I honestly was really upset and kind of angry. But also, I realized that there was a bigger reason for us not going, one, for safety, and two, just because like God has a bigger plan for everything. So um, actually, later on, like a few months ago when I was still at school, um, I was talking to my roommate, and I said... You know, I feel like there was a reason. Like now that I'm looking back, I feel like now my heart is ready. Like I don't I'm not sure if it was in the right place then and now I'm I'm really excited to just serve and just be there.
0: So how have you seen God leading you to rejoin this trip? Because not everybody who was on that original trip is coming back in twenty twenty two. So did you see God kind of carving the way for you to come back on this trip in twenty twenty two?
4: Right. So Um, normally we would go on like a spring break in the middle of March um, and I would have still been in school and I was like, I'm not going to be able to go the next time they go. And then it just happened to be at the very like perfect time. Um, I went on the Florida mission trip last summer and I just love it. Like it's, I just love serving. I love um, helping people and I love seeing how God works through people when we help them. Um, So I was just really excited for this opportunity because I felt like it was just like perfect. Like God was like, here you go. Like this is, you know, perfect timing and you're able to go. So,
0: so with this being your very first international mission trip, uh, and this is your first time flying, right? So I know you've been a little nervous about that, but do you have any, um, expectations or how are you preparing your heart for what is going to happen in Mexico? Like, is there any expectations that you think will happen or how are you preparing your heart for what is about to happen this next week?
4: For um, preparing, for preparing my heart, um, being really prayerful and being intentional with the way that I'm um, looking at like what we're doing and who we're going to be helping, and like I, I'm not sure that I expect something right now. I'm I more expect for um, God to work through the team and through like the family by um, us showing them God's love and um, just serving them with everything that we have. Um, yeah.
0: So, and this is kind of a loaded question, but is there a specific way for everyone watching this, is there a very specific way that people can be praying for you, whether in preparation or while you're there?
4: Um, So I think while I'm there or in preparation, um, praying that my nerves would be calmed for the language barrier, um, and also that I would just, like, give everything that I have, because I can be a little shy and timid at first, um, a little introverted, so... Just praying that I would just jump in, like, just go ahead and start and, like, do, do what I need to do. And, yeah.
0: One of my favorite parts about these trips is the people we go with. We not only develop relationships with the people we are there um, to serve and serve with, the people we are going with, I know several of your uh, personal close friends are going as well. So uh, how, are you, um, how are you wanting people to also pray for the other people going on this trip as well?
4: Right. So I, I would just like for people to pray that we all are very intentional with the way that we are um, serving and also that we're there like for the right reasons. And when we're there that we are ultimately looking at the bigger picture, how we can um, serve others and serve God and um, really just be there like with full heart, full intention and everything.
0: Yeah, well, McKenzie, thank you so much for jumping on today, and uh, we're ex- I'm excited to spend the next uh, this next week with you in Mexico. I can't believe we're leaving in two days. That's crazy. And thank you. And remember to pray for the team going at the end of the service today. Uh, we will be praying not only over the food that is being packed behind us, but we are also going to be praying for the mission team. We're, uh, a lot of the mission team is here today helping pack. And we're going to call a lot of them to the stage, and we're going to have the opportunity to pray over the mission team as they prepare to leave this Tuesday. So make sure you stay tuned for that and help us pray. Hey, and we're back, and we are already over the halfway mark on our meal packing. The goal today is 20,000 meals, and we are so excited for the work God is doing through these people behind me. And I have someone with me right now, someone who has been a close personal friend of mine for years, Ken Driscoll, and he is also one of our... WCC Elders, and this is his third trip to one mission in Mexico. Ken, thank you for being on today, and what I want to know is, this is your uh, third trip. Right. It would have been the fourth if we went in 2020, but you went in the first trip in 2016, 2018, and now 2022. So what led you, my question for you is, what led you to go
5: on that first trip in 2016, and why do you keep coming back every year? The first trip, I'm teaching high school class and I'm encouraging them to step out of their comfort zone, and that really hit me. I thought, how can I preach to them to step out of their comfort zone if I'm not willing to step out Absolutely. of my comfort zone? So, that's kind of what started it, because I said to myself, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set the example for these high schoolers that you have to go, and man, once I went, that was it. I was done. I was hooked. It was just a life-changing, very emotional, and I just, I can't wait to go back. Amen, and uh,
0: what? H- how did you feel going on that first ship in 2016 compared to how you feel
5: now? The first trip, I was scared to death. <laughs> I did not know what to expect. I didn't know if I'd be able to actually be of help because I'm not a handyman. Ask my wife. <laughs> I cannot do anything. But man, I got down there, and when I came back, it was like, I made a difference, yeah. and I just I want to keep doing that. I love that feeling. It's a good feeling. So, Ken, uh, within
0: as be, you've been a leader every time you go, and you always step up and set the example in big ways. What are some of the ways you have seen the lives of our teenagers and adults
5: even change each time you go? They seem to become away from that, more giving, uh, more appreciative of the things that they have. When you go down there and you see these people living out of boxes, crates, and nothing, and it makes you realize, man, I am truly blessed. I am rich. And it's just to see them realize that and to come home and not look at their things. Absolutely. Just as their possessions anymore, and they're willing to start parting with them, and just they're more giving and caring. And
0: you and I know. In the last trip, you and I talked about once, a lot of times we'll see teenagers, even adults. I can be guilty of this. We go down there on the airplane ride. We have our phones. That keeps us entertained on the way down. And the more and more we're down there, the less and less we even care to look at our phones. Yes. Some of my favorite times is when we're at the compound and we're just sitting around hanging out, maybe drinking a, a good Mexican Coke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <sitting> yeah. <by, laughs> And just reminiscing about the day. We don't care to look at our phones. We just want to be there in fellowship with each other. Whenever we're in the presence of the family that we're there supporting, we just want to be in the presence of them and enjoy yes. their company. And that's one of my favorite parts about the trip. Yep. And I know within three years uh, of this being your third trip going, you can probably think of several stories that you would oh, say, yeah. that's my favorite moment. Can you give us one of your favorite stories of an experience you had down there?
5: One of my favorites, and it will always be with me, is we were doing the fiesta night. Family was there. They had a little boy. He was about three. And he just for some reason came up to me and took my hand and just wanted to walk with me. And then he had to go to the bathroom. So, but he wanted me to go in with him. And I thought that was so cool. This kid only sees me at the build site. But for some reason, he was drawn to me. And just for him to want to pile around with me, Man, that was cool.
0: And one of my, one of my favorite experiences. I believe his name was Carlos, right? Yes. And his father's name was Cesar, Cesar, and his mother's name was Carmen. Yes, if I remember that correctly. They were such a sweet family because, one thing, Cesar, it's not that we're there to build a house for them. He was very much involved with the process. He worked outworked everyone yes. by double. And, uh, and I know you know this story because we talked about it not too long ago. Tell the story about what Cesar did for us one day. Uh, just
5: to be of a servant's heart. Oh, man. He um, has a little truck where he serves, like, flavored water, ices and stuff. And he wanted to know if he could leave the build site to go get ice. Mm-hmm. Well, we did not understand what he was saying. So he kept saying stuff, and we're like, So finally we had one of the foremans come over and tell us. He was wanting to know if he could go get ice and to give back to us. And so we were like, yeah, you know, go do whatever. And, man, he came back in the coconut water and, oh, it so was good. so good.
0: It was so good. But the part that humbles me about that is, and we talked about this in, the, in our last interview, uh, each person that goes has a specific talent and skill set that they bring to the table. Like you said, you might not be the most skilled builder, <laughs> but everyone has a specific talent set that they bring, and that is what he had to offer. That is what he yeah. had to serve us. He wanted to be of a servant's heart to us because we were doing something nice for him. And that just shows you the humbleness of the people that we serve with down there. Ken, my last question for you is, is there a specific way that we can pray for you in preparation or when you're
5: down there? Is there a specific way that we can be praying over you? Um, Just for safety, first off. And that I would be able to step up and be the leader. And I'm the oldest, so I should be the supervisor sitting back, you know, telling everybody, but I want to be the example, and I want the kids to see what hard work can be like and what it can do and accomplish, so just pray for strength, pray for endurance, and that I can be a blessing to another family. And I have with me now Our senior minister, Dale McCamish, who is here to tell us about
0: an exciting opportunity our church family is going to have. Whether you're watching online or in person, we get to be the church physically outside of these walls here in August, and he's going to tell us all about that.
6: Yes. Be the Church Day is uh, something that our community has celebrated even before I came here 11 years ago. And that's where um, several churches would gather together and they were trying to serve the community in love and to show that we are united as a church. We are one church under God. And so we break down some barriers. We we break down some walls. We build up some relationships just by serving and acting like Jesus Christ. Um, This year, our Be the Church Day project is going to be a little bit different. Each individual church in our community has been tasked with finding projects to do for their own congregations, especially uh, if it involves a widow or a single mom or maybe the elderly. And uh, every church leadership knows their congregation better than they know any other congregation in town. And so uh, the the five or six or maybe even by the time we're done, 10 or 11 churches that are participating in Be The Church will be finding projects to serve in their own congregation and hopefully That ability to show the love and grace of Christ, um, other people will know we are Christians by our love. Other people will see um, how we are loving on each other, and they'll be more excited about what Jesus Christ might be able to do inside their own hearts and transformation of their own lives. And then um, what we're also looking for is when... we, We know we win by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we're willing to die for Jesus. And anytime somebody gets help from the church... That is a testimony about Jesus Christ. And so they will end up sharing that with somebody. They'll say, hey, you know what the church did for me. You know what these Jesus followers did for me. And that word of their testimony, that's how we overcome Satan. Revelation 12, 11 says that. And, you know, Jesus says, love as I have loved you. And when anytime we sacrificially love other people, we're acting like Jesus Christ. And so that's one, the, the biggest thing about Be the Church is we get to act like Jesus. We get to be his body, his church. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be the church and to do this.
0: And so thank you for sharing with us. Be on the lookout, whether it's on our app, social media, or if you're on our email chain. Because we, over the course of the next few months, are going to be uh, collecting things. We are going to be... Putting out word about what specifically we are going to be doing and how you can be involved. Even if you're at home, there is a way that you
6: can be involved with be the church day. We're going to have some prayer groups, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll for be the church. There's always the uh, the aspect of people who are physically able to go and do something, or um, and then there's the aspect of some people can't go do, but they can donate toward. And uh, so we have. The things we can do, things we can donate for, but there's also, there's always uh, the best thing to do, even better than donate, even better than than, uh, doing, is being in prayer. And some of us physically can't get up and do, some of us uh, financially can't donate, but um, we can all pray. And so the people who are unable to do, unable to donate, we want to have a huge prayer team going on for. The service projects for the people who are serving, for the donations that come in, and uh, we we even want them praying too. But I know uh, there's a lot of people that the only thing they can give, which is really the most powerful thing they can give, is prayer. So if that's you and you're learning how to pray and you want to put that prayer in action, that's how you can continue to be the church. You just pray more and more and more continuously, be in prayer. Absolutely. And so be
0: on the lookout for that. Thank you for sharing, Dale. Prayer is going to be key to pulling this off. And so there's been a lot going on today with these meal packs. We have heard from several of our people going to Mexico. We've heard from our partners with Lifeline. Thank you for being a part
6: of it. And so, Dale, can you close our online service today in prayer? Sure. Lord, we thank you for being here with us today, always being around and listening, but we especially— We especially are grateful how you have blessed us with your presence and by the power of the Holy Spirit have people serving outside of their comfort zone, serving uh, sacrificially. And Lord, we just ask that you would put your favor on these meals. Uh, Lord, we've been talking about meals with Jesus, and it is just so fantastic that we get to participate in a meal program to people in real need that are able to see and uh, hear from and experience by faith Jesus Christ working through us and these meals. So, Lord, just continue to bless them and continue to bless us as well. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you,
0: talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, be sure to fill out a Connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.